Come on in, guys, because it's time for another episode of Outwatch, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. My name is Alex, your host and guide through our Outwatch journey, where we are recapping, reacting, and rewatching these old seasons and episodes of Survivor. We are nearing the home stretch of season four of Outlast, which is covering season 33 of Survivor, Millennials versus Gen X. And we've got the big time double episode on the docket today titled Million Dollar Gamble. This is the 10th episode of this season. And we've got a full two hours of Survivor to cover on the podcast today. So let's waste no time in our getting into it. Um, Let's meet our co-hosts, starting with our current fantasy Survivor leader, Adam. Welcome. (laughs) To outwatch to be here. How am I still leading? <laughs> well, this episode hasn't happened yet, so. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> At least in the scoring. Stick around to the end, folks. That's right. Okay. Teasers. That's right. <laughs> oh, so good to be here, Alex. This episode, um, the term trust cluster is added to the survivor lexicon by one Hannah Shapiro. Um, and then later in the episode, it's, you know, Brett, for whatever reason, gets really, really mad about the idea of trust clusters. And we get a nice expose on the different words for alliance formations and survivor. We've got trust clusters. We've got voting blocks coined by Stephen Fishback. We've got the old classic alliance with, you know, the minutia differences between them. And it, it got me wondering, is this podcast an alliance, a voting block or a trust cluster? Uh, I think that we're a voting block. How do you figure? Well, I think Emily and I are an alliance. Okay. But I think, I, I think that I'm, I'm in this with you guys to get famous. <laughs> Ooh. How's that working yeah. out for you? It's like, and if someone comes along and is like, yo, Adam, you're like crushing it on this podcast, but really you should ditch the other three. I'd be like, okay. Mm. <laughs> Bang around. Yeah, get a, get a line. <laughs> well, Adam, you know what? Next season, then. Bye, <laughs> uh Emily, welcome to Outwatch. Thanks for having me. Is this podcast an alliance, a voting block, or a trust cluster? Can you refresh me on what a trust cluster is exactly? So according to Hannah and, you know, I think Adam pitches in on this too. the trust cluster, maybe Zeke does as well, is somewhere in between an alliance and a voting block. An alliance being like a firm commitment to one another, a voting block being like, hey, we don't necessarily have plans to work together long term, but our interests align for this vote. So we'll vote together. A trust cluster being This is smaller than an alliance. Um, It's a group of people that trust each other and vote together, but maybe they bounce around between larger alliances. Um, In our case, like David and Ken would be a trust cluster, right? Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think of. uh, I think no, I think I'll go with the trust cluster because it's fun. But also because I am your friends, but when Adam is constantly leading, I get really mad (laughs) (laughs) and I'm not in his alliance. (laughs) So Uh, we're good until we're not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that may change by the end of this episode. (laughs) Who knows? Uh, Scott, welcome to Outwatch. Hello. How's it going? Great. 
Scott, is this a podcast? Is this podcast? Is this a podcast? Is this, a podcast? I think is this so. an alliance, a voting block, or a trust cluster? Ooh. Well, I consider myself, you, and Emily an alliance. Yeah. <laughs> Adam is firmly in voting block territory. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I would say we're probably a trust a trust cluster just because it's a fun term to throw around. All right. Well, <laughs> I thought I had an alliance with you guys. Now <laughs> I am rethinking my trust. Alex, it's final three, man. We can't have an alliance of four. It just doesn't work. I trust you. Okay. I trust you. But that said, guys, I trust you. <laughs> so we can I, lock this down if you want to. I, I know I know that afterwards we do the little recap thing and uh, I'll let you do that. But I love how like calmly David's catchphrase has become. Yeah. Where he yeah. just looks people like, you know, I trust you. <laughs> Every yeah. time he says it, I'm like, you psychopath. <laughs> it shows his growth as a person because he's less anxious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's really come a long way. Uh, I I used the in not the incorrect, but there is a better sound bite I could have used earlier. Adam, can you just redo that part? We'll dub it in where you said that um, you're in this podcast to get famous. Yeah, I'm in this podcast to get famous. So if someone comes along and is like, you know, Adam, you're crushing it, but you got to ditch the other three. I'm totally ditching you guys. Unlikely. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> that one works. Yeah. Better. <laughs> that was Taylor, right? Yeah, Taylor. Who's got the full on like uh, you know, 2012 like comb over uh side cut thing going on. You know what I'm talking about? Ain't nothing wrong when with that look. The jury. Ain't nothing yeah, wrong with that look. Yeah, he does. Like the undercut looking thing. Yeah, Adam, you rocked that for quite some time. Sure did. <laughs> not not quite the way that Taylor did. Taylor's is like it's like an asymmetrical cut. Yeah. Mine was just like the top was stupid long for no reason. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> the Taylor cut. Emily made me cut it. I did not. Yeah. Make your own decision. I thought your dad did, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> he made fun of Adam a lot. He sure did. All right. Anyway, uh the way that we're gonna treat this podcast today, it is one episode, but it's broken up into two distinct halves. And so instead of me running through the entire um, goings on of the whole episode. I'm, we're going to break it up into two pieces. So let's take a trip down to tree mail and talk through what happens in the first half of million dollar gamble. Shall we? Yes. First things first, Jay returns the rest of the food that Taylor hid back to camp. And Chris reveals that he's still hell bent on voting out Jess after the early gen X kerfuffle between them. Will then approaches Zeke and tells him about Jay's idol after Will decides to jump ship from Jay, seeing that as a ship that is sinking. At the reward challenge, we've got a pull a boat and then stack some blocks challenge to win a date at a floating pizza restaurant. And this is a nice moment. David offers to sit out of the challenge because he doesn't want to drag any team down. But they all encourage him to play, and uh, his team ends up not winning, actually, <laughs> despite his um, pretty decent performance. It's Adam, Zeke, Hannah, Sunday, and Brett coming back in the challenge to win the reward in the floating pizza bar. Brett and Zeke begin to bond at that reward, 
And then they also receive letters from home as a surprise. We're reminded of um, the story of Adam's mom and the cancer that she was diagnosed with, as well as getting some nice emotional moments from the other players. Uh, back at camp, Ken and David re-solidify. Talk about swinging on Chris. Then we've got our immunity challenge where you've got to balance a statue with a long pole. And David wins this one uh, coming full circle from his previous poo-pooing his own challenge prowess. Back at camp, Chris spearheads the idea to target Jess and in the meantime, also flush Jay's idol uh, to make him believe that he's the actual target. And then David says to Zeke that he wants to vote out Chris. And so going into to tribal, we've got this uh, these dual threats and you're not quite sure which one will be taken down. After everything at tribal council, Jay sits on his idol. He doesn't bite uh, on any sort of lure there. And Chris is voted out seven to four. In fact, only that Gen X threesome of Chris, Brett and Sunday plus Jay vote for Jess, making Chris the next player voted out of the game. And uh, with that, closing the book on the monumental uh, will for Chris trade, making Emily the um, the abject winner of that trade, which, you know, mm-hmm. will go down in, in the annals of history as, as maybe the most impactful trade of all time. The only trade, but sure. Exactly. Well, hey, it was a good one. Uh, Adam, you lose Chris here. Uh, give us the eulogy for Chris's game. What went wrong? What did you like about him? Um, yeah, hit us with the, the epitaph. Um, I think Chris was a good player. He uh, he just didn't really. I, I don't think he chose to align himself with the best people um, is really where he uh, he kind of broke down. Um, he was really aligned with Paul uh, on Gen X, and that proved to be problematic. Um, and then he went on the vengeance spree, and that's never really a great yeah place to play this game uh, from. Uh, I, I think that Jess is a good player and definitely someone that should be targeted, but I don't think he was doing it for those reasons. I think it was mostly just revenge. Um, I don't think she's a player that needed to go out when she went out. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I liked his game overall. He wasn't an incredible player. He was obviously a great athlete. He's like a nice guy all around, but... Yeah. Yeah. One of the most, I think, underrated qualities of a strong survivor game is flexibility mm-hmm. not physically but you know strategically and i think that's really what chris lacked right you you kind of spoke to it but yeah he had his sights set on jess the whole time he was aligned with that same group of gen xers the whole time added zeke to the mix but not well enough for it to be meaningful and save him so i think if he had a little bit more flexibility was willing to um take the back seat a little more often. Maybe he would have made it deeper in the game. Yeah. So this first half of this episode, hit us with your, uh, your favorite moments, the most important moment um, of the first half of this episode. And then we'll get through some of the main points and then move on to the second half. Um, Emily, was there a moment in the first half of this episode that really stuck out to you? Um, yes. I think I actually really enjoyed 
um, the moment when David was encouraged by everybody. Yeah. I think so. To be honest, when he first was talking, I thought that staying out of the challenge meant that you automatically got the reward. So I was like, no, that's the next half move. of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then I realized that he was sacrificing the reward. And then just to see everyone encouraging him, I think was a genuine moment. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was scripted at all, Adam. So <laughs> that was really nice to see. Cause I think that we've really seen David grow as a player. Um, and it was pretty cool that even though they're all competing, they're all able to support one another in a really meaningful way. Yeah. Yeah. This episode is kind of like, um, when David, not that David hasn't arrived before now. Right. But it's kind of like, uh, the moment where you're like, all right, he is like a contender. You know, you start with him, you know, the first episode, he's like, scared of bugs and plugging his ears when people are chopping wood right to the point where he's like winning immunities now um and like leading coalitions of voters it's yeah definitely the like completion in some way of of his uh growth um scott what about you was there a moment of the first half of this episode that really stuck out to you um kind of along those lines but i really like enjoyed the reward portion Mm-hmm. Like when they mm-hmm. were like getting the the pizza, the floating pizza, um, just to get the loved one letter. And I forgot, I had honestly forgotten that Adam's mom um, was fighting cancer during the taping. Yeah. Um, so to see him show that much emotion and just kind of get that assurance that everything was good. I like really liked that. Um, and then also just to see like kind of Brett and um, Zeke smashing beers. It was yeah. kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> To see that budding romance kind of start was pretty cool. So overall, I like the reward portion. Yeah. Yeah, there's like this insidious nature of the reward happening, like within earshot of the people who lost, which I really enjoy. <laughs> I find that to <laughs> be kind of really salt in the wound. Yeah, it definitely does. Also, Brett somehow ends up on every reward. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he does. And he always goes way over, over our board on the beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brett, Brett likes to drink. And Hannah was like, this is my first reward. I was like, good Lord, I think Brett's been on 15 at this point. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely does seem like it. Uh, Adam, what was the most noteworthy part of this first half of the episode for you? Uh, I think outside of what's been said, I really like, like Emily said, David's moment uh, at reward and then immunity was fantastic. I love that story arc, I guess. Um, The reward being within earshot was just great but awful at the same time uh i really liked that uh i i I don't know i just feel like we see more of this strategy emerging of who's on whose side and it's not even like solidifying like this person's here this person's there but you just you see this voting block and you see all these people they're almost like horses like chomping at the bit like yeah Okay, like, yeah, we got to get through this, but I got my game. I want to play my game. When's my game going to get played? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I think just seeing that tension of them trying to, like, work together, but also, like, really starting to feel like they need to bust out of that. Yeah. Was made for a really interesting episode, especially first half. And then the second half of this episode we'll talk about, too. But yeah. Yeah, that really, like, I was thinking about that, too, that 
it, the game like really shifts this episode. I feel like in that way, right? You really like feel that tension of everyone mm-hmm. now being like, "All like I'm here to win now," you know, and like mm-hmm. kind of the gloves come off to some degree. Uh, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the David moment too, and I'm glad we talked about it already. That you uh, guys like find that moment to be, yeah, like good (laughs) because i think survivor like um a thing that's often uh people find fault with in survivor is like the the creation of the quote-unquote moment right of i think that as survivor progresses jeff does this maybe more and more you know of like something happens and jeff's like wait stop the game what is this right now like what does this mean to you there's this notorious moment in um the next season right after this one where a player like like the the challenge like ends right and there's this moment where it's like a a water balance beam thing and this particular player can't get over the water balance beam and like the the challenge is over and jeff's like no keep trying you can do it and then like they get across and it's like how meaningful is that that you could do it you know and it's kind of like <laughs> all right but yeah I, I like i agree i think this was like really real and um and spoke to yeah like uh david's growth as an individual that we're seeing i really loved the way that he uh talked about this like his anxiety and that he was uh it started as like a an extreme fear of death which like slowly morphed into a fear of life is the words he put to it, which I thought was like a really good way of describing that. And that like, he was afraid of living and that this is like breaking him out of that. I I really thought that was a, um, yeah, like a compelling story and, um, cool for that. This is like a transformative experience for David. It seems like. Yeah, I agree with you on the was afraid of living thing. I think you really see him come out of that. That's a really interesting way of putting it. Another thing that happens in this first uh, half of the episode, similarly, is that this is kind of not that like Zeke has been invisible to this point, but this episode is the first time that you see Zeke really like put his game together and you see him as like a really powerful, threatening player in the game, too. um, I think that that is realized in the way that he's kind of like playing both sides here. Right. And that he's talking to both Chris and David um, who are both gunning for each other's groups. Um, Yeah. I wondered Scott, as, as Zeke kind of starts to make his name in the game here and kind of play this dangerous position of um, sort of pitting the sides against one another, very, uh, very little finger esque of him. Um, do you think that he handled this well and what, in like a, a broader sense, do you make of Zeke's game at this point? Yeah. Kind of like, um, what you said, he's, he's kind of been operating kind of behind the, not like in the shadows, but you know, behind, like behind the, behind the scenes, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was kind of thinking that during this first half was like, he's probably like, he can't keep playing like. David and Chris against each like he's gonna have to choose yeah sooner or later. Um and we might get there soon enough. Um but I mean 
I like him as a player. Um, I'm really happy that he's on my team. I feel like he's probably the him and Ken are probably the best two that I have on my team going forward here. Um, and yeah, I just I feel like he's got a shot to really run the game if he plays his cards right. Yeah. Yeah, Adam, what do you make of uh, Zeke's spot in the game right now and the moves that he's pulling at this point? I think, the, yeah, this it's, Zeke is such an interesting player because I really think that he's playing, I, I mean, it's between him and David who's playing the best game of Survivor at this point. Yeah. Um, they're both they're both really involved in what's happening around camp. Uh, they're both really involved in pretty much every voting block, alliance, trust cluster, whatever you want to call it. And they're, they're just so aware of what's happening yeah. that it's hard to look at them and like criticize their game because of that. Mm-hmm. The, the territory that I think they're both creeping into, and we kind of start to see it in the second half of this episode, but like that we're going to start that, that we either start seeing or they're winning the game is people looking at them saying, if I'm sitting next to them in the final tribal, how can I say my game was better than theirs? Right. Cause they are playing such strong games and like they're smart people, you know, they can articulate it. Cause this is the other thing that we talk about. Um, uh, who, who was it in Amazon? Um, who won, uh, Jenna, Jenna. Yeah. Cause Jenna, we, I mean, we criticized Jenna the whole time at the end of the game. Like she has as many points as, anybody else she's like I, I think she was tied with matt or like matt just beat her or something like that and so the question was always like can jenna articulate that she played a good game yeah to the jury and i think like if you have zeke and david sitting next to you in a final three scenario like how do you articulate that you play the game better than either of them then they're going to articulate how they mastermind this entire game yeah so it, it's like it's so hard like, like they are playing it so smart but at the same time because there's two of them like if there was one of them if it was just zeke or just david mm-hmm. i think that like it they would they would just win the game like i i really think that they could just go the whole way and no one really paid really notice it until it was too late but because there's two of them we're going to come up to this point of like okay there's two really smart people and they know that they need to point the finger at the other one yeah and I don't know, like Zeke's game is so good that mm-hmm. that might be the thing that ends his game. I, yeah, I love watching Zeke play Survivor, man. Like the way that he has he, it's this combination of like an extreme level of calculation and that it seems like everything that he's doing, every conversation he's having is like intentional and strategic mm-hmm. paired with like not coming off that way as like right. being actually genuine and like caring about them. Somebody at some point in this episode says that like Zeke has had like meaningful conversations with everyone here, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's that combination of that and the strategy. It's like, it's social strategy, right? Survivor's a social strategy game and he's excellent at it. Um, right. I like love watching him at work in in this way, but the way that like, you know, I think you said it right. The way that especially this tightrope act he's walking right now of pitting these two sides against one another is like very dangerous. Um, that can come back on you really easily, I think. So not much else in this first half. Shall we talk more about trust clusters? Is that <laughs> necessary? 
<laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I did love that moment at Tribal. You know, Hannah says, like, these are like trust clusters. And then Jeff, you know, like asks a question about trust clusters and she starts yeah. like giggling. He's Hannah's like, adorable. I love Hannah. <laughs> yeah, Hannah's She's great. Awesome. <laughs> yes, I love her. Yeah. And she like we we've really seen her come out of her shell yeah. in the last couple episodes too. Like yeah. it's been like she's someone who she seems so neurotic at the beginning of the game that like I don't know, I kind of wrote her off. Like not that like she was just gonna go really quickly, but like I didn't think that she would be the center of much. And like I, I she's standing next to Zeke, like letting Zeke run the game, but also like sitting there thinking like, okay, I'm letting Zeke run the game. At some point I need to make a move. So that way this is my game now. Yeah. Like she's a really smart player too. She's just like, because there are these two kind of giants there with Zeke and David, she's sort of sitting back and letting it go. Like, which is a really smart play in this moment. Yeah. She very clearly knows like everything that's going on, like from Mm -hmm. a strategy standpoint. Yeah. She's just kind of like, Kind of slowly letting the game come to her. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hannah's a lot of fun to watch as well. Um, yeah, Jay doesn't play his idol. Everybody kind of lets Jay continue to slide. Um, we'll see if that proves to be wise or not. Anything else from this first half of the episode that we should discuss before we move on? I just kind of going back to David, I was just going to say, this is kind of like, I feel like in my mind, this may not be true, but I feel like this first half basically was like slammed the door on like old David. I feel like, Mm -hmm. like David is officially like a legitimate survivor player. Yeah. Like he very well may have been, but in my mind, like there's no more like poor David, you know, I don't feel bad for David. Like in the, in the show anymore. I feel like he's, yeah. Like a, you know, a very legitimate threat into win the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We also we didn't we didn't talk about Jay much, but yeah, I because I, there's a part of me that feels like um, Chris or Sunday probably because Sunday has a relationship with him feels like Sunday might have told him what was happening because mm-hmm. he voted with them. Correct. Yeah, and like that, I don't know. That feels like really that's surprising to me that he managed to pick that correctly mm-hmm. if he wasn't told but like if he wasn't told then they played that so tight like close to the chest mm-hmm. to try and flush out that idol and the fact that jay held on to it is mind-blowing to me yeah. <laughs> like that was just ice in his veins like yeah. all right <laughs> i think you're on to something i could totally see the world where sunday like tells him like hey it's vote for jess or whatever and that that's yeah. enough for him to hold on to it. Yes, Sunday's approached him before and been like, you know, hey, like we've maybe we might be going after Jess. Like yeah. if we are, you you know, and like it, it wouldn't surprise me if Sunday had gone to him like that. Yeah. So I, yeah, we can. <laughs> yeah, that, that was our, that's our head cannon. I yeah. I, if if they didn't go talk to him, then that was like just. That was played so close, like no one's talking to him, no one's doing anything. And so Jay like goes to tribal. No one's had a conversation with him about like any other potentials. It's just like Jay and Jay's like, you know what? Not gonna play the idol. Mm-hmm. Like that's just ice in your veins. Like, yeah. all right. <laughs> well, I think like this may be this may come I think it was like this technically the second half of the show, but he says like, 
He has like a million dollar, was he the million dollar decision? Yeah, the million dollar gamble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was like, said like, they weren't saying my name, so I didn't play it, but. Yeah, I guess he does say that. So maybe that's just like proof positive that. Maybe he's just got some stones. I don't know. Yeah, that was just, that was nuts to me. I'm just like, I'm watching him. Like, how do you not play your idol here? But worked out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we haven't seen an idol played in a while there, you know, or found for that matter. There's a flurry of stuff at the beginning, but uh, at least at this point, not much recently. They're all being held, aren't they? Because Adam has one, David has one, and Jay has one. Correct. Yep. Yeah. They're they're all they're just holding on to it at this point. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that just about does it for the first half of this episode let's take a quick break to hear from a sponsor and then we'll be back in with the second half all right and now into the second half of this episode where we will start once again by taking a trip down to tree mail and recapping what happens in the jam-packed action-packed second half of this double episode you ready guys to take that walk down to tree mail Let's do it. All right. So this starts by Zeke apologizing to Brett um, for leaving him out on the vote and focusing his attention on to David as the next target. And then the next morning, David goes and talks to Brett and Sunday and sets his target on Zeke as the new target. And just like that, the new rivalry forms between Zeke and David, which will be the story of the rest of this episode. At the reward challenge, we've got the worm in a sand challenge uh, <laughs> followed by a snake puzzle. I hate this challenge. This was awful. I hate it. Are you saying you're saying it like this is a thing they do? Yeah, it's been done a number of times. Uh, oh this gosh. is the worst challenge I've ever seen. Like <laughs> I, this was just awful. I wish I had thought about this when I asked the question earlier of like the challenge you'd be the worst at. I, I've renamed. I've re, I've changed my answer to this one. Mm-hmm. This one's just. It's so bad. Yeah, it sucks. The winner gets a helicopter ride and a picnic. Brett, Zeke, and Sunday win, and David drew a lucky rock. Ha ha, drawing rocks, a theme of this episode as well. Mm. (laughs) Um, And they all get to go on the reward. And at uh, the reward, Brett and Zeke really hit it off even further. Brett reveals to Zeke that he is gay, and they talk about their experience. Um... Yeah, in the world as gay folks. Um, it's a really solid scene. It's really good. It's one of my favorite scenes. Um, at the immunity challenge, we've got a classic, classic survivor challenge here with a jailbreak followed by a slide puzzle. And Jay just blows everybody out of the water. Um, he wins before anybody else even gets through the maze. David and Zeke and Zeke start amassing their troops back at camp, um, which kind of culminates in Zeke talking to Hannah. And that conversation goes very, very badly. Um, Hannah does very little to gain or affirm Zeke of her trust, leading to Zeke now targeting Hannah instead of David, since they know that David has an idol. And then Hannah and Adam are leaning towards voting with David, um, which seems to create a stalemate. Hannah uh, talks to David, feeling that the 
vote is on her now, which is correct. It's a correct feeling and asks David (laughs) to play his idol on her, but he's not totally on board with that. At Tribal Council, we've got a live tribal folks. We've got whispering and other stuff of that nature. And Sunday tells Hannah and Adam that the plan is to vote out Ken, which is misdirection. Because of this, um, when it's time to ask for idols, David gets up to play his idol, but he plays it for Ken um, instead of Hannah or himself. And there's no votes on Ken. So as a result, five votes go to Zeke. Five votes go to Hannah. We're tied. We re-vote and we're still tied, which per the rules of Survivor gives everybody a chance to come to an agreement. If that's unanimous between one of those two, they'll be voted out. And if not, everybody else will draw a rock and the odd rock goes. They cannot come to a consensus. Rocks are drawn and Jessica unluckily draws the odd rock, eliminating Jess via rock draw. And then as her last will, she wills the legacy advantage to Ken. Wowzers, Bowsers. This is a big one. Um, The rock draw is a rarity. It's a lot of fun. I think there's lots of cool editing and storytelling this episode. Um, So, you know, which obviously like the rock draw is huge, right? Um, But what is the part of this half of the episode that sticks out most to you? And if it is related to the rock draw or whatever, like what specific element of it or reaction to it was really noteworthy to you? Um, Adam, would you care to go first? Sure. Uh, Man, I think that the most notable thing the, the the part that I like remember most vividly is when Hannah is talking to Zeke uh, at the getting water and Zeke figures out that Hannah is not on his side because I know we just talked about like Hannah's smart and like c- kind of crushing this game in a way, but like she completely flops this. Yeah. She really bumbles that she, she like all you have to say to Zeke is like Zeke is like walking you to his point. It's not like you have to like answer him in the way that he wants you to. Like he's literally just like trying to walk you to where he wants you to think. Yeah. And all you have to say is, yeah, you know, David's the most dangerous person in this game. Like totally. We should get him out and like walk away from the conversation. Like that's the extent of all Hannah had to do. Yeah. And like, and we would have wound up in more or less the same situation maybe David's a little bit more aware that like, Hey, I should play the idol on me. Boom. Yeah. Um, but like, Oh man, I, I don't know that, that, that was like, that's like such rising action in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> that moment. Yeah. That's a definite <laughs> misplay. Uh, Scott, I don't know why I said your name like that. Scott. Scott. <laughs> Scott, what's noteworthy to you in this second half of the episode? Yeah, this like second half is like one that like I watched it once, but then I was like, I probably need to like watch that again because so much happened. Yeah. Um, honestly, the part that like confused me was like the Adam saying like they're gonna play it on Ken because I didn't realize that like you said Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Misinformation. I didn't realize that. I thought he just like overheard people whispering. I did not. So like I went from like, Oh my God, I was just on the edge of my seat the whole time after that. But that was like the big thing. It's 
more related to tribal, but like the whole like second half, I would feel like I would need to watch it again just because like so much stuff happened. Yeah, that was tough to pick up on, but it was during like all the whispering that's going on. I think that um, Sunday says to someone like just stick to the plan, essentially. And then Hannah asks, what's the plan? And she says, Ken. Um, and that's yeah. the information that Adam used to, you know, say that to David. Yeah, and that was like good place Sunday. Yeah. Adam, what the heck? <laughs> uh-huh. But alas. It's live tribal. Anything can happen. It's alive. Uh Emily, what was the best part, most noteworthy part of this episode to you? Yeah, this was a jam-packed episode. Yeah. Um Definitely the rocks. I have never, I don't think I've ever seen that happen. So I didn't even know what to expect. Right. So that was just, and plus that tribal was just like bananas. There was stuff happening at every second. Mm-hmm. Um, I was amazed at how quickly Jay won that challenge. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that really saved his butt because he would have been in the rocks draw. Yeah. True. Yep. So yeah, that was incredible. Yeah. That was a total blowout. What was y'all's reaction like as the it was a tie, like as you saw the tie coming and then as you saw the tie, like the revote tie as well? Were you confused or uh, excited or flabbergasted? I was a little confused on the rules. Um, yeah. I didn't, I kind of was like the rock draw. Cause like, I haven't, I personally haven't seen it before. Um, I didn't know if it would come down to like Hannah and Zeke drawing rocks. In which case I was like, why is everybody else freaking out? They're safe. Um, but then once I figured out what was going on, I was like, ah, oh, crap. Mm-hmm. But then I was like really cool because like my fantasy team would be okay. But then my fantasy <laughs> team wasn't okay. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, like I was confused by because they they kept like talking about it uh, leading up to tribal. Like they said rock draw a few times. I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. Um, I I don't know that that whole. I don't know how I feel about the rock draw. I like yeah. I get it. I get that it's supposed to like the whole point of it is to discourage like this tie vote from happening mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everyone just being like indignant about where they're going to go. Yeah. But man, that was just rough. That was so rough to watch. I know. Jessica, it sucks. Like, yeah. That sucked. Also, did we describe, have we explained what happens during the rock draw in this episode? Maybe not. Maybe not explicitly. Yeah, we could do that. We say things like that every once in a while. Like, have we explained this? And like, like we're talking to people who listen to people talk about rewatching old seasons of Survivor, like they don't know anything about. Listen, Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> well, never hey, know. Yeah, maybe I know your mama listens to this. That's true. My mom does, and she doesn't watch Survivor. Shout awesome. out to Kim. Shout out Kim. <laughs> maybe, uh, yeah. There's probably folks. That's hopefully, I wasn't expecting it. It was an interesting. Yeah, rule. yeah, and I, I, I hope that there are folks listening who are watching survivor for the first time and that this is their companion so uh (laughs) yeah let's the the basic rule right is that in a tie vote uh what happens is you re-vote but you can only vote for the people who were a part of the tie the first time 
and those people who were a part of the tie don't vote. Right. So now you revote. And if it's still a tie, then they're given a chance to come to a consensus, which would, um, I don't know. That this part's always wishy-washy to me, and it's it's pretty loose. But effectively, those people who voted um, have to all agree, like, okay, well, we'll all, yeah, decide that this person goes home. But if they can't come to a consensus, then the two players who were just a part of the tie become immune. This is actually the bet when Jeff described it. This is why he gets paid the big bucks. This is the best way I've heard it described, which makes sense because it's on the show. <laughs> but, a, lot, a lot of people write for Jeff, so yeah. that's <laughs> so those the two players who are a part of the tie become immune, and then everyone else draws a rock, and the odd rock out is eliminated. Right. Mm. So, yeah, in this case, there were ten people. Um, one was immune. The other one played an immunity idol. Oh, that was a whole thing. I wait. No, we talked about that. Another one played Immunity yeah. Idol, so there's eight people vulnerable, and then upon the revote not being um, creating a consensus, now two more people become immune, those being Hannah and Zeke, and so now there's six players left, all of whom draw a rock, and one of them goes home. Yeah, I have like... I've thought a lot about this rule, too, and that it is like it's confusing, first of all, which is like a downside to it. But I think that I've come to the place where I really think this is a good rule and wonder how fundamentally Survivor would be different if it didn't exist. If you knew that you kind of had as a get out of jail free card, the option to split a vote 50 50 between two people. And just know and then like let fate decide who goes home. Mm-hmm. And now like the blood is off anyone's hands, right? And the mm-hmm. way that it incentivizes there to be decisions made. And as much as it would suck, as you see from Jessica's reaction <laughs> to be eliminated in this way, it is also like thrilling, you know? Yep. And it's yeah, it's like effectively punishment for the players who can't decide who's going to go home or like who are too inflexible to change their mind. I I think this was the worst vote out quote unquote. Like this was the hardest person to watch leave. Yeah. Like Mari was rough. Yeah. Like we loved Mari, but like I get why they came for her, I guess. At least that was a choice. Yeah. And it, yeah. And then Michaela, again, like other person that I think would be really was really hard to watch leave. Like I understand why they came for her. And yeah. again, it was a choice. People voted strategically against her and she just got caught out. But like this was just. Uh, it was just watching Jess like go through this because she and like the fact that the camera like cut to her while they were like discussing like yep. we're gonna go to rocks or like during the vote or whatever like we're gonna go to rocks though like yeah shouldn't I just switch my vote so like we don't go to rocks like that was uh this yeah. this was so rough to watch mm-hmm. in like a great television kind of way yeah it's but. like almost poetic and that she's definitely the most vocal person who does not want to go to rocks and then she's the one who, you know, is eliminated by the rocks. It's yeah, it's mm-hmm. poetic. 
Scott, Jessica was on your fantasy survivor tribe. You'd lose her this episode. Um, would you care to give us uh, the eulogy to Jessica's game? I would love to. Jessica, um, I got this, like, I feel like she was she the last was a, pick in the draft. What? She was the last pick in the draft. She was. She was. And, this is irrelevant. Yeah. Um, I feel like she was like a better player than maybe we either got either got to see or mm-hmm. like got like the edit because I feel like she always knew what was going on and she had like a really good alliance around her and you know she seemed like a fairly you know a fairly good physical threat like I feel like she was a pretty good player but like throughout the season like as the season's gone on like she either just doesn't get the edit or. This doesn't really make the big impact like some of the other players. Maybe just she wasn't the most social player, maybe. Um, but it, it stings. And I guess I, I guess it's really good value to get the last pick of the draft to come mm-hmm. to the, the merge. But I was crushed because I was, I was like, I went from like Hannah and Zeke are both on my team as well. And I was went from like super excited that they weren't going to go home to yeah. really crushed because then. <laughs> The other person on my team, well, so yeah, I was very crushed. But um, it's been good having Jessica on my team. I was very excited. Like I was happy to like have her and like root for have a rooting interest in her games. But so she'll be missed. Glad that her eye healed after that rough first couple days. <laughs> yeah, she had a rough go of it, kind of. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Um, she really she shouldn't have been in that game, except David saved her. And like, true, yeah. Feel like she made the most of being in that game still, like. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, I forgot about that. Another like poetic quality to this, you know, the player who quote unquote shouldn't be in the game is that like fate eventually got her (laughs) right through the random rock draw. It's like Charlie on Lost, you know, you can only delay (laughs) the death for so long. Lost spoilers, season three. The show's been out for a decade. So. Alex, I was on season two. <laughs> I wasn't. I'm not watching it. Best episode of Lost, in my opinion. Anyway. Um, yeah, this is a really compelling half episode. I guess it basically is the length of a full episode. Um, so there's definitely other stuff that we can talk through here. Um, yeah, I really love the way that this kind of rivalry builds. And I think it's really uncommon in Survivor that you have such an explicit like mono mono thing going on, right? It's very clearly Zeke and his people versus David and his people. And the fact that both of them survived this vote too is also really uncommon. And I think like really fun for us going down the stretch. So I, I have to ask with the, the forming of this new rivalry here, are y'all team Zeke or team David? Uh, Adam, why don't we choose? <laughs> That's also why it's so good is because it's these two very like likable, rootable, right. yeah. strong players. And it's not like, are you team David or team Taylor? <laughs> um, I think that uh, the. I, I, I like, yeah, this is the thing. I think that Zeke is the better player. Um. I think that David, not to say like David isn't a good player, but I think that Zeke is the better player. 
So I think if like the vote were to happen like right now in final tribal with Zeke and David, like Zeke should win that in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think I'm on David's side and I don't think that's just because he's on my team, but it (laughs) might just be because he's on my team. Fair enough. Uh, Scott, what about you? Are you team Zeke or team David? Yeah, like uh, Zeke's on my team, um, but I find myself rooting for David's side. And I think it's because I, I think I like more of the people that are on his side. Yeah. Um, so I think like Ken is on his side, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like Hannah, um, Adam, I believe is team David. Yes. Yeah, that would be a good thing to recount here. So the people who yeah. voted for Zeke with David were David, Adam, Hannah, Jess, and Ken. So that's Team David. And then the people who voted for Hannah with Zeke um, are Zeke, Jay, Will, Sunday, and Brett. So Zeke has the two remaining millennial jocks and the Gen Xers who tried to uh, like leftover from Chris's group. Whereas David has uh, Hannah and Adam and Ken and Jess. I think this is like, I don't know. This is a really, you look at the way that this vote came together. Like it's a good explanation of what trust clusters are, right? It's like Zeke has the group of Will and Jay who are a group and Brett and Sunday who are a group and all five of them together form you know, this voting block made up of trust clusters. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah, I think Uh, I'm team David. Emily, team Zeke or team David? I think this is a really hard question, Um, but my gut tells me I am team Zeke. (laughs) I don't know. It's like, because David has, we were just talking about it. He's really overcome a lot mm-hmm. and he's grown so much as a player um and i'm very proud of him i like mm-hmm. david a lot mm-hmm. but at the same time there's just something about zeke he's just like i don't i'm even like regretting this it's a very hard decision but zeke is just <laughs> very astute and he's yeah. very strategic and he's also very genuine at the same time mm-hmm. he's not just playing people like he's making genuine connections with people and he knows how to think a couple steps ahead. Yeah. So I just think he, he was able to like, I think when they started, I remember he was like, I'm on the millennial tribe and I just don't feel like I belong here. Yeah. Um, but he was able to, you know, lay low enough and, and find his people through that. And then even through all the other, um, like those mini tribes that they had, he was mm-hmm. able to pull in some Gen Xers into his group. And so I think he's been able to really leverage everywhere that he's been. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm Team Z. I, yeah, this is why this is so fun, right? And that they are both such like likable characters. They also both come so far. Like, yeah. I mean, until Emily said that, like, I had forgotten what Zeke was like at the beginning of this game. And he, I mean, he seemed pretty like cynical and kind of harsh mm-hmm. at the beginning of the game, especially when talking about the Gen X or the millennials. And like, I, I don't know, there was something about Zeke that I didn't like dislike necessarily but i didn't i wasn't like a huge fan of zeke at the beginning of this game necessarily david was just like i mean he was just kind of like the underdog sort of a goofball like why is this person even out here yeah and they've like come complete i've come completely around on both of them yeah 
where I'm like, I like Zeke seems like an awesome dude. Like I'd hang out with him mm-hmm. like whenever. Mm-hmm. And David too. I'm like, I really like the journey that we've taken with them over yeah. the course of this season. Yeah. This is just, th- this is a really d- tricky question. Yeah. When I, um, like in survivor applications or like survivor bios, you know, they always like wit ask the like, which survivor player would you play most like or whatever? I don't know if I've shared this in this pod before, but I always put Zeke because uh, he is like what if I were to play this game, you know, like what I would aspire to play like, because I think that our ways of succeeding would have to be very similar. Right. And that it would take the combination of like. um, Like masking the strategic. um, Because I'm not going to be able to not think very strategically. Right. But having to like mask that with genuine social connections while not bringing a whole lot physically to the table, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I, I just love watching Zeke play and uh, I've said that already, but tons of fun to watch. Um, we've got the worm sand immunity challenge. I think that there's not much else to say about this. I do find the, like um, the exasperated, like, tagging the mat with your face (laughs) at the end of each leg to be pretty funny. That's really the only redemption of this challenge. I don't think I've ever felt worse for the people on Survivor (laughs) than during the worm challenge. Like we've watched them burn down their hut, (laughs) huddle, huddle huddle under the the shelter and like gale force winds and Watching them crawl through the sand while like hogtied, I was like, oh, this is it. Like, this is the worst I've ever felt for these people. Well, and Sunday was like, after she won the challenge and she was on the helicopter, I think. So she has her, t- her little testimonial thing and she was like, this is my dream. Yeah. Like, this is all I ever wanted in my life. Was the I'm helicopter. so happy as this helicopter ride. And you see her on the helicopter and she's got, I think she's got like sand on her face that clearly won't come off. Like it's <laughs> under her skin. I was like, yeah. I hope this was worth it for you because you look miserable. <laughs> Probably yeah. very exfoliating. So yeah. Like <laughs> to the point of like rubbing off their skin. Yeah. I'm sure the sand isn't hot either. Like, Oh gosh. Yeah. That probably oh. sucks. Uh, do we need to talk more about Brett and Zeke's scene at the reward? I just want to reiterate, this is like one of my favorite scenes in this season. I think the like the first time I watched it, I was really like, uh, like moved by it. And that, yeah, like I, I think you don't expect this coming from Brett and like the way that they both speak to their own experience and like that Zeke is able to appreciate the work that people like Brett have done for yeah, him to be able to like live proudly and freely the way that he is, you know, and Brett also talking about like, yeah, it's like not always been the case for me. You know, I just found that to be a really touching and compelling scene. But I, I think that the most compelling part of this was right before this. I think it was before this. We get like a a. a Zeke talking to the camera and he says something along the lines of like, yeah, I don't really like beer, but like, yeah, I'll be, I'll be Brett's drinking buddy. Like it's so, uh-huh. like, 
begrudgingly like yeah like i need him on my side and like you know i don't hate beer but like it's not my favorite drink or whatever yeah and so like yeah then it's I'll, like, I'll, like the, play along this game the cuts Brett, back to back of them each like pounding a beer that was really right. fun <laughs> and then and then that like and then david leaves them and sunday leaves them and brett is like hey you're not the only gay guy out here and yeah. like there's this genuine moment where like zeke goes from like yeah trying to be like sort of strategic i want to be on I want you to be on my side sort of thing to like a genuine, genuine connection. Yeah. Thanks to Brett. And we've like, we've talked about Brett before too, with Michaela mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when, when she started the fire and ran off and like came back and Brett was like, are you crying? And like, Michaela was like, yeah. And he was like, good, you should cry. Like, yeah. Like Brett is honestly like, there is some, there has always been something really weirdly compelling about him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, this just like, this was just such a beautiful moment for yeah. like these two people. And like, especially after this, like begrudging, like a uh, comment from Zeke where yeah. it's like, yeah, you know, whatever, I guess I'll be his drinking buddy. And like, yeah. to like genuine, like, yeah, no, like I owe this man so much. Like yeah. and I didn't yeah. even realize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found that to be really cool. Yeah. I liked the, I liked that they both like gave, like we spent the whole like season like millennials versus Gen X, but it was cool to see mm-hmm. like like Zeke saying like because Gen X, you know, mm. you know their experiences and everything, I'm able to do this. But then Chris also saying like because Zeke is you know because these millennials are so like open and you know more accepting, like I'm able to take these steps. So it was kind of cool to see like like both generations give give each other like kind of like the appreciation, I guess. Yeah. And just goes to show how far like how far forward our society has moved i guess in the past years yeah 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 really good scene i think that i've said this before but one of the things this season does so well is these like character moments there's so many of them and that are like good and don't feel forced um it's a very like i don't know like emotional season in the sense that there's like a lot of this that stretches beyond like just the context of the game, you know, mm-hmm. this is a good example of that. Um, yeah, I wanted to make note of some of these confessionals we got from people before tribal council talking about like why they're loyal to one person or another. Um, we're like reminded of like Ken saying like, yeah, David and I are like, yeah, I'm like loyal to him implicitly. And we got one from Jess talking about how David saved her earlier. And so she's loyal to him. Right. And like, I thought that was just a good kind of like check in as this episode is focused. So wholly on David and Zeke from these other, other players to be reminded of like where they stand too. Um, yeah. And then I just wanted to, to gauge where you guys were all at going into tribal council because, you know, like I haven't, I like forget exactly how I felt the first time I watched this, you know, and like, I know what's happening, but it's definitely like played up to be edge of your seat stuff where you don't know what's going to happen. You sense the like impending stalemate. Um, Yeah. I wondered what your feelings were as, you know, like people were walking into tribal. Was this edge of the seat stuff um, for you guys, Emily, what, what were you feeling? As they were walking into tribal. Yeah, like right when this was all starting. You know, I got to tell you, every single episode of this season, I say this every time we record this podcast. I'm like, I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. 
And I felt that way. And it's like every single episode, I'm like, wow, I felt that way last time, but this time I really don't know. And I felt, I was like, no, I, I really don't know this time. Like I have no idea what's going to (laughs) happen. Um, so yeah, I was just at this point, I'm just resigned to it. So I'm like, well, I'll just sit back and watch what happens. (laughs) But then even during the, um, tribal council, when everyone was just whispering, I was like, this isn't providing any clarity to me at all. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I was really interested to see how people would vote Mm -hmm. and how idols would be used. Yeah. No, that's a good point. What was like your experience as we neared the rock draw phase? Was this like tense for you? Yeah, I feel like we, we talked about this um, a little bit earlier about, you know, the rules are a little bit complicated and they, they kind of breeze through them. I think everyone playing the game clearly understands those rules. I don't know if it's because everyone who's in the survivor season is just a super fan or if they just know about rocks because they're on survivor. So um, quickly you forget Taylor. <laughs> who clearly was not a super fan. <laughs> anyway, yeah, well, carry on. <laughs> I'm sure like in between like, like when they're describing what to do and challenges and stuff like that, they have, like someone come out to like a producer, somebody is like, all right, like these are the rules. And then people are like, well, can we do this? Cause like, no, you can't yeah, do for that. sure. Like sort of stuff. Yeah. So I'm sure there's something like that happening with the rocks too. Yeah. It, it, there definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, I was just kind of trying to process rocks. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, cause I didn't know that it would come down to, if you can't make a decision, one of you, will go home who was not voted for. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know that. So I was like kind of processing that. And then they just really quickly, because I was like, well, how long is this even going to go on? Like how long will Jeff allow them to kind of talk through? And very quickly they just fell into chaos and Jeff was like, nope, (laughs) rocks for you. So yeah, it was (laughs) a whirlwind. Yeah. I, I was left wondering if there's like a reality where you can pull a consensus at that point. Like the lines are so firmly drawn in the sand. And I think, I think Will had the correct approach, right? And that he was like, okay, Mm -hmm. can we just all agree that none of us are going to go home for one of them? Yeah. And at first they were like, yeah, but then they couldn't get past that. Right. This is the thing that I, I don't think, I just don't think that Will took it far enough. Like, I think he had the right idea. The problem, the problem with Will saying this is he's on Zeke's side. Um, Yeah. But because the thing that you need to say is, okay, like, yeah, we can all agree. None of us are going to go home for either one of these people's game. Between these two people, between Hannah and Zeke, who do you think is your biggest barrier between you and a million dollars? Right. And I I genuinely like I I think there are people who are still going to latch on to Zeke, but I feel like there's someone sitting there who's going to be like, you know, Hannah's doesn't look like a threat. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know that you get a consensus, but mm-hmm. the, the, the problem, the problem is like, it's, it's, and I understand that like you're, you're essentially like by voting out one of these people, you're turning over power in the game in theory. Right. And that's the thing that you're always coming up against, but also like looking at it, just like one of these two people is a bigger threat to you. Mm-hmm. They just are get rid of them. Yeah. 
if it had been Zeke and David, I, I don't know how you pick, but like <laughs> between Zeke and Hannah, come on. Yeah. I wonder like if once one like domino starts to fall, then if more would, right? So I wonder if you really only need to convince, for instance, like Jess, right? Mm. If you convince Jess and she's like, okay, yeah, I will, I'll be on board to put my vote on Hannah. You know, if at that point, then, you know, someone's like, I don't know, Ken's like, okay, I will do. And then Adam does too. And David does too, right? Um, yeah, I just wonder if that's all yeah. it takes, you know, but to be that first person and if nobody else gets on board with you, like you've really <laughs> now you still draw rocks. And if you survive, you've made a lot of people mad at you. So, right. Yeah, it's a tough spot, man. So coming down after, uh, well, I guess we can talk about the idol a little bit, too. So the David places idol on Ken, which is an effective burn of that idol. Uh, blocks zero votes based on the information from Adam and Hannah. Um, yeah, and if he had trusted Hannah's gut at camp and played it for her, this looks totally different, right? It's five votes mm-hmm. on Zeke. Zeke's out. It's a correct idle play, and um, Zeke's gone. And not only, yeah, like that's a huge swing for David, and that you go from losing one of your members to getting rid of your target. You know, that's a big change. I Adam is an idiot in this. Yeah. It kind of sucks <laughs> that he totally fell for that. Like yeah, he, he just he did fall for it. I, I, I don't understand how you fall for that. Like that's just, that's, I, I honestly wonder though, if David was going to do that anyway, like I wonder if Adam hadn't said anything, what David would have done. I don't think he would have gone for Ken. I think David was struggling between himself and Hannah. And then Adam's like, no, I heard him say they're going for Ken. It's yeah. like, oh, you heard him? Like, really? No. <laughs> you dummy. And that's tough for David at that point not to put it on Ken then once he's like, you know, said that out in the open. Yeah. Yeah. For him to be like, uh, okay, but I'm going to use it for me anyway. <laughs> you know, would, would just, look like, bad. I just don't understand why Adam was so like, well, this is what they're going to do. Like, why do you think they're going to tell you, dude? Yeah. Adam's an idiot. I don't know what I was thinking. Why is he my first pick? Especially considering the source of the information. Like, you know, that pretty clearly, like, on probably voting with Zeke. Yeah. It's easy to nitpick. It's easy to play, you know, Wednesday evening quarterback (laughs) (laughs) on a Wednesday Wednesday evening outcast yeah you know (laughs) eight years later yeah (laughs) so okay so let's uh and and then the last bit of of housekeeping is Ken gets Jess's legacy advantage which will do something at some point yeah Um, so let's unpack the board now so Jessica's off the board That's one person from David's coalition, meaning that Zeke's stays five strong. Um, David is down to four. David versus Zeke can continue um, because neither of them were voted out, which I I said that's early on, but is like a rarity when you have these things coming to a head. Right. Usually there's a big confrontation. There's sides formed and then one of them leaves. 
in this case, we get to see it continue to play out, which is a lot of fun. Um, do y'all think that these trust clusters will hold that Zeke's group of five will hold firm or um, are they bound to be shaken up once again? I think they're totally bound to be t- shaken up. We've seen so much fluidity in alliances. Yeah. I just, I think it's so weird to let this game be run by David and Zeke. Yeah. Like, especially now, like there was a point where like they were very behind the scenes. They made manipulations when they could, and then kind of sat back when they couldn't. And, you know, like Zeke was much more active than David for a minute there, but like, as it stands right now, it's literally like, are you on David's side? Are you on Zeke's side? And I feel like if I was asked that question, my answer would be, we should get them both out, right? Right. Like, why Why are we standing behind these two people? <laughs> so you think the trust clusters will not hold? Mm-mm. Uh, yeah, I don't think we've heard... I get the sense that we've not really seen the last of Jay. I feel like he's kind of just chilling out. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he's got potential to, like, shake this game up a little bit. Yeah. He's just, like, waiting to be used, basically. Yeah. yeah. And this is and, a... Th- a thing that happens a lot um, in Survivor when you are like the last remaining member of a previously threatening group, it's so easy for everyone else to let that person slide farther and farther and farther because they're like, well, we can get rid of them at any time. The real mm-hmm. thing we need to do now is Jess or Chris or Zeke or whatever. Yeah. We can get rid of Zeke whenever or Jay whenever we want. And then blink. And he's in the final X, you know, you're like, oh, shoot, we forgot about him. Mm. This happens all the time in Survivor, right? Um, and so we'll see if if that proves true this season or not. Yeah. I thought um, another thing to bring up is I think it does say something as much as we've like, um, you know, sung the praises of Zeke and David this episode, like another reason to do so is the fact that nobody threw Zeke or Hannah under the bus at that, um, that vote. Again, it was probably tough to do so easier to do just in a flip, but like these are six players who are willing to put their games on the line for someone else effectively. Right. And it's, it's Mm -hmm. more nuanced than that. Right. But you know, Zeke and Hannah, or Zeke and David, whichever way you look at it, like have the loyalty of these people to the point that they will stick their hand in a bag and draw a rock, you know, for them. <laughs> and that doesn't sound very threatening out of context, but in Survivor, that's a big deal. I mean, we watch what happened with Tony Vlachos, like in his bag of tricks. There was there was no reason for people to be so loyal to him, but yeah. they just were. So like he could run the game how he wanted. And now we have two people who are have have armies of loyal people. Yeah. Next episode, David builds a spy shack and mm-hmm. <laughs> talks like a llama. <laughs> if we get two Tony Vlachos, this is the best season ever. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh, that was something that just reminded me of something else. I was going to say, like, I think part of the reason why this is going way back. Part of the reason why I find Brett's interaction with Zeke so endearing is because, well, and even like 
David's uh, like wanting to sit out and everyone like, oh, you should play this. Come on. Like we came from Amazon. That was the last episode or season yeah. we watched, right? Mm-hmm. Which like, which is early 2000s, really unfortunate. Like politically as a country, we've come a long way, hopefully. <laughs> to like this where it's just like everyone's just like so nice and encouraging and, yeah like, there was, there's something so refreshing to see that like oh yeah the people on survivor have changed too yeah <laughs> on the aggregate more modern survivor is less nasty but you definitely still have those blips of like oh that wasn't cool yeah um or people who are just mean and bad but yeah this for the most part is a is a pretty Good group of folks. Okay. Um, so I think we've effectively reset the board here. We're down to nine um, and on the home stretch. Is there anything else from this episode that we should talk through before we move on to our participation trophies and our fantasy survivor? Oof. No. All right. Well, let's start with participation trophies. Um, we'll just do one for the whole episode, um, keeping both halves into account. Uh, Adam, as the current points leader, would you care to offer the first participation trophy? Oh, boy. This is such a long episode. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to give it to one person. If you have, I... if you're struggling, I'll let you choose between two and really bring value to the term participation trophy. (laughs) (laughs) I. No, I, I think I, I'm going to give it to Brett. I keep talking about how much I've enjoyed. I mean, like Brett. Yeah. Brett's moment with Zeke. Uh, Brett really like he made a commitment to Zeke too. Afterwards. He was like, I totally understand why you voted out Chris. Like I get it. Like I'm here to play a game. Let's keep going. Like he was, he was so fluid in that moment. I, I think Brett did a lot to help him continue in this game and also had some one of the best character moments in this episode. Mm-hmm. I think my second favorite thoughts of the interaction with Michaela. So like I think he's just I think he's my favorite player. So it's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Brett seems like a really solid guy. Um and that's so Brett's Brett. Brett's first participation trophy on the season. Brett's on the Bad board. Dang time. Uh, Emily, what about you? Who gets your participation trophy? Oh, I think Brett is a great answer. Um, but I, I'm just going to go with David. I never want to go with like what I feel is the clearest answer. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it's the right answer. I feel like David is a clear answer here and I stand by that. Yeah. I just think he's. Like he's overcome so much in such a weird situation. <laughs> yeah. And he's doing great. Yeah. Especially the first half is great for David. And the second half, he does misplay an idol and lose an alliance member. But well, who's, you know, who's counting those? It would be wild if he. I mean, this was his second idol. He's throwing them around. It would have been. Yeah, true. It would have been amazing if he played his second idol and did the exact same thing that he did the first time. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah about time for him to just play one on himself, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Scott, who's going to receive your participation trophy today? Um. So I kind of like somehow I managed to like forget that 
Brett was in the episode. <laughs> 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 Don't ask me how. Um, even though we just literally talked about it. Um, so my first thought was just like, give it to Hannah. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like the episode didn't turn out like super great for her. She like had her some spots that weren't great. Obviously, yeah. she like, got voted out. But I feel like the whole time she like knew exactly what was going to happen. And I feel like she's really stepping up her social game. Um, and she basically called like Zeke flipping on her like mm-hmm. from the second it happened. So for that reason, and also she survived. So because yeah. of that, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, great. You existed and you survived. So go, Hannah. Another another thing about this season that I think makes it so compelling is that compared to some other ones, I feel like you could look at, I don't know, at least two thirds of the cast that's left and be like, yeah, all of these people could win. And like see a path forward, maybe less than two thirds, maybe half, but more than usual, right? Where it's like typically you get to this point and it's like, all right, it's this person or maybe this person but and i think it's done not because we have like incredible hero edits from a lot of people but it's instead because we like don't really have like everybody has a kind of messy game right like uh hannah you know you know the people that are winning these awards today right like Hannah does a lot of good stuff, but also like really like botches an interaction, right? Like mm-hmm. David does a lot of good stuff, but also misplays his idol, right? Um, I think that pretty much everybody left in the game that's like a threat to win, like falls under that category, right? They've like made very clear mistakes as well as doing a lot of things well. So it's kind of anyone's game. Um, I'm going to give my participation trophy to Zeke. Um, for orchestrating the vote which strikes down ultimately a member of David's alliance though in unorthodox fashion um and amassing yeah enough people to force that tie and uh so fully having their loyalty such that they would go to a rocks for him so Zeke gets my point And now a fantasy survivor update. So um, in the first half of the episode, we had four challenges this episode, too. So lots of points Mm -hmm. for that. Um, But on the other hand, nobody's going to get any voting points in the second half of the episode because nobody (laughs) voted for who went home. Um, So all things. um, When put together. This was a big, big episode for Emily's avocado no toast tribe, um, leading the pack with a total of 80 points from this double episode. Um, Scott, your motor moron tribe received 70 points in the two halves of this episode. Um, And Adam, you uh, amassed only 45 and you're down to just two members. Sure am. But They're my top two. Despite Ruh-roh. despite that, Adam, you are still in the lead um, <laughs> after a big day from David. <laughs> up by 15 points over the Avocado No Toast tribe. Um, you literally, your entire tribe could vote correctly and pass me. What do you mean it's rigged? <laughs> I don't think it will happen. 
<laughs> and then Emily, you have a cool 100 point lead over Scott's motor moron tribe. Um, a quick recap of where we're at on the fantasy side of things. Adam, your first trip place tribe um, contains only Adam and David at this point. Uh, the Avocado No Toast tribe is featuring the former green tribe foursome of Sunday, Jay, Will, and Brett. And then the Motor Moron tribe still retains Ken, Hannah, and Zeke. Three very different looking groups here. We've got uh, Adam. You've got, you know, two high level. Pl- well, one high level player. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> one who's fallen a little bit in our rankings of him. Um, Scott, you've got like three very solid, I would say, like mid tier to top mid tier players at this point. And Emily, you have more than anyone else, but probably the four. Um, I wouldn't say most forgettable players, but least impactful players at this mm. point. But yeah. you've got the uh, the numbers and things can change on a dime. Adam, Emily, you've got, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say all of Emily's players are on are in the same alliance uh-huh. trust cluster. All of mine are in the same trust cluster. Scott's the only one who's actually spanning two trust clusters. Well, I do believe. No, Jay and Jay and Will voted with Sunday and Brett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Like Will's not like attached to Jay anymore, like he was, but they're still technically like kind of voting together. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Adam, you've got a 15 point lead, but you're down in the tribe mate numbers. Uh, What are you thinking about your place in the fantasy survivor game at this point? I don't feel good. I think I think this is Emily's year. I think even without like the top tier players, like she could easily send one of those people to. Uh, tribal and win the game. Yeah, that being said, uh, Emily J is the highest point total of anybody in the game at this point. Yeah. With wow. 150 points, nobody has more points than J. Wow. I didn't realize that. Adam and David both are in second with 145. That's mm-hmm. fun. <laughs> All those uh, idols really add up. Yeah. Maybe I'll nerf, Wait, this- nerf idols next season. Does this mean that there's going to be an idol hidden at the camp? It's definitely possible. Oh, that's exciting. I get some idol action. Yeah. Uh, Emily, you're within striking distance with four remaining players. Do you where are you feeling about the state of things right now? I never trust that I could actually win this game, so I won't. I won't believe it until I see it. You have twice as many players as I do. You never know. You never know a survivor. And Scott, that that point total is is pretty tough to climb out of the the hundred point hole. Um, what what's it going to take for your tribe to um, to get back in contention? So I don't even think I can I get into contention. <laughs> at the point? I mean, if I they like, like 
I think one of your players would have to win very handily. Yeah, like that and like that needs to be like the final three. Like my three need to like somehow be the final three. Um, and then <laughs> I'd say like, he could have all final three. <laughs> find the idols and play the idols and name all the episodes and we got a shot. <laughs> I think I but, do. I had um, a point value at one point that I got rid of that I can't remember why, but at one point we awarded points for making the finale, just like we awarded points for making the merge. I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's unfair to add that in at this point, but I I don't think it really makes sense because yeah, Yeah. if you're going to the finale, you're going to get points for getting voted potentially or not. It's not like it's going to make that big of a difference. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, I and think if it does like every like everyone gets those points. So it it's it just like, yeah, I don't know. Sure. It's the same idea as like when you make the merge, you get a little boost like it's rewarding you for picking players that last to a certain point in the game. You yeah. know, you do the same thing at the finale as like the last marker of progression. But yeah, we'll see. Have we figured out a prize for this season yet? Good question. We were talking about participation, a participation oh, trophy. Right. The participation trophies. What we need to do is get like a champion trophy and then the other two people get a participation. Trophy. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. We should think of like a memento like we have for the other seasons for first place. And then we should get participation trophies for second and third. That'd be good. I would love that. That's great. Well, keep thinking of there's not a lot of like memes this season like there have been in yeah. other ones. Yeah. You um, can do something with a ball jar. I'm pretty good with ball jars. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> a ball jar full of dried fruit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put that on my resume. I'm pretty good with ball jars. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Or it could be like the first ever Outwatch t shirt that says, I trust you or something. I trust you. <laughs> We'll see. Maybe there's more more memes to come. Um, well, great. I think that just about does it this episode. Um, make sure that you are subscribed to our channel. Do that if you haven't yet so that you can stick along um, for the rest of our Survivor Millennials versus Gen X journey. We've only got two more episodes before the, the finale, guys. We're reaching the end very soon also listener support is active for outwatch now uh the link is in our description if you are so inclined and want to sponsor the podcast um that would go a long way in helping us continue to make this content to hopefully one day pay for cbs all access that would be fantastic um yep and i think that just about does it next time on outwatch we will be re-watching the 11th episode of this season titled About to Have a Rumble. A rumbly in my tumbly. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. <laughs>